Welcome to the worst gig of my life. I'm Joe Lucas, and I chat with musicians, bands, and comedians to hear the real, uncensored stories of the worst gigs they've ever played. Afterwards, our guests get a shot at redemption by doing a live set in our very own studio. This week, we have Kieran Fields. Prepare yourselves because this episode is equal parts depressing and funny. This episode contains bad language and drug references, so don't even think about listening or watching if you're a young, impressionable child. We'd also like to thank our caterers, Devour It Catering, who provide award-winning pies for all of our guests. Enjoy the show. I feel like I could have put them all in a hat and just like randomly drawn them out. Um, there are that many. So many. <laughs> I don't know, is it too soon to talk about the last gig pre-COVID? I don't know if that's like a trigger point, but I, that was pretty bad. There's no rules on this show. Oh, great. There's some it's, rules, but all right. no, there's not a rule. <laughs> Well, that was pretty bad. Uh, maybe I could bookend this with like my first tour and my last tour. <laughs> um, the last one, of course, is like, you know, standing on a festival stage and just looking out at a paddock of nothing. Because that morning they announced oh. no group gatherings. However, we were playing a bushfire benefit show and it just would have been uncool on every level to say like we're not gonna, oh, no. we're, we're not gonna play yeah. for this, you know, yeah. Anyway, oh, it's it's it feels really like it's not even funny. It's just a really bad show. That's horrible. <laughs> it really was That's... bad. So it was announced that morning. It was like, do you, do you want? Do you still want to play? And we're like, people have lost their homes, and Australia's on yeah. fire. And if we pull out because of this this virus, <laughs> like yeah. what's this virus? And then you God. know that by that night it was like, oh, this is really. Awkward. This is gonna stay. This is really it's gonna, gonna be hard. Yeah. So oh, um, shit. that was that was that was the last worst gig. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to. Did you play well at least? Did you actually play? I did play. Yeah. It actually ended up just being the artists that that were there. Were you like facing out to the paddock, or you kind of just like? No, it was all around, it just was like all facing any angle. You just like, but like, were you facing the paddock to play, or just kind of like walking in circles, <laughs> like facing the band, or was it just? No, there was, the there was like seven people from one family that had decided that they were already a group, so therefore they could gather in a public space. So I just kind of focused on them, but then it became kind of awkward for them because they were <laughs> sitting in the paddock. Alone, being you know played to. Yeah, everybody makes some noise. Yeah, and so it was just really heartbreaking to stand there and because the week before we'd played another festival where people were sweaty and all over each other yeah. and having a great time, and so in a matter of seven days we had you know experienced <laughs> that. Many people, many artists, I'm sure, can regale very similar stories yeah. of the apocalyptic scenes. At least um, you have something to blame it on. This is true. At least it wasn't like, oh, oh, <laughs> I thought people I'm were coming. Because like, there's a thousand other shows where I'd be like, I definitely thought I'd get more people. Um, so accidentally come This in. time it was actually not my fault. <laughs> but <laughs> many perfect. other times it was on me. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. that one out of the way. There was a really, really bad show where I had contacted this amazing venue and um actually I won't say where because I'll just keep it 
Don't keep, burn keep that bridge prepared. just yet. No, because they're so lovely and it was a genuine mistake. But I'd said, what kind of promo do I need to do for this beautiful show, beautiful venue, sound, lights, cameras, everything? He said, no, we've got this fantastic audience, this mailing list, you know, hundreds of people. We don't have to promo. We yeah. just, you know, sell the shows. And I showed up and they'd forgotten to send the email. Um, so two people showed up and I played to those two people in a stunning venue, just looking out at all these seats going, this is really <laughs> awkward. Maybe they were trying to protect your feelings. Maybe. They Maybe they were the like, email out. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the realisation just come over my face? Like, oh. We actually handed out flyers. <laughs> We've I been non for a month. We got a bus no from came. three hours up the road. No one wanted to get on it. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, let's not entertain that thought. Wow. I'm just going to sit here and mull over my anxiety <laughs> for the next time. Yeah, that was don't pretty lose bad. Sleep over. Lose a little bit of sleep, <laughs> but not too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. Oh, wow. It's all coming back. But um, I think probably like the, the gig... Or the day, I think it was that, like, because it was a day that contributed to the fuckery of of this show. Um, I was in Christchurch and I'd organised with a friend who was travelling from Australia. I said, we'll do the show in Christchurch. It was my very first tour ever. So I'd booked five dates and I felt like I was just living the rock and roll lifestyle. Queen of the world. Totally. Um, but I got to Christchurch and they were supposed to organise accommodation. And anyway, it turned out that where they were staying, that had a massive argument with the parents of the friend they were staying with. The friend had been letting everyone come and stay on the couch and basically treating their parents' house like this, you know, revolving door. So I showed up in town and running kind of late, you know, we don't really have a lot of time. I realised that the accommodation wasn't really going to, was awkward because I showed up to the parents' house and the parents were like, who's this and get out and I'm just, oh, this. It's my first day. I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) So, um, yeah, anyway, I, I went and did, the show kind of in this weird anxiety state because I had nowhere to stay and I was wondering what was going to happen. And then I had to take three buses on a, it was a 20 minute drive, but I had to take three buses because the the said parents of the friend had banned them from the car because apparently their behavior had been, (laughs) this is like, we weren't teenagers. Like this was was like adult (laughs) embarrassing. Um, So I got to the show and it was like stupid, just, not really quite sure what to do with myself and I got so stressed that I lost my voice and two songs and some dude just walked up swaying with his whiskey and told me to get the fuck off stage, oh, no. give me, give him my guitar oh. and let a real man show you how it's done. Oh, and I was so heartbroken. Behavior. I just put my guitar down oh, in the God. middle of my set and I said, fine, you have a turn. should have just whacked him in the head with the guitar. Well, now I know that I can. <laughs> but I went outside to console myself and I lit up a smashingly fabulous joint <laughs> and looked up, then there was a police officer. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh, I thought, no. this is the best day of my life. Expeditional. <laughs> he was very understanding. He just looked at me and he said, I think you should put that out. I was like, that is such a good idea. That's nice. Community <laughs> That's policing. So nice. Go like New that. Zealand. Just like... <laughs> You know, um, so I ended up sleeping on the concrete floor of the said friend's parents' shed. 
secretly um, on a flimsy yoga mat with no blanket in a very cold New Zealand autumn. Uh, and that was the worst gig ever. <laughs> you probably could have got nicer accommodation if you didn't put the joint out and was very antagonistic towards the cop. I and could then have been. You could have been arrested and at least would have been warm. This is true. Yeah. I didn't even think that through. All I just thought was like, don't take my weed. <laughs> don't take my weed. This has been a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know for next time, just in case you don't have any accommodation and, you know. Well, it's, it's been a big lesson, like, moving forward. Like, now I just sleep in the car, right? Like, mm. you know, this one time I showed up and I got the times horribly wrong and I thought that I was on stage in a couple of hours. I showed up to the festival and I was on in three minutes and my band was oh, shit. already on the stage. Um, but anyway, I parked next to the stage and lucky for me, I could sleep in my car. So I Hell felt yeah. like... <laughs> I was quite, I'd really progressed as an artist by then because mm. I had accommodation <laughs> on the go. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. It's all on you. Hotel Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Falcon. Oh, yeah. What a masterpiece. So good, right? Because I really feel like I've made it now. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just replace the sound system and then you're pretty much music royalty by then. Yeah. Just roll out the mattress. <laughs> Super good. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, other than that, I can think of. So many other terrible gigs, but I think the bookends of of those two experiences, my first tour and then unfortunately the last one that I've had mm. thus far due to COVID, I think are two pretty, pretty shitty gigs. They sound pretty horrible. They were. Yeah. There's other ones that are kind of like, mm, you know, things come up and they, you know. And you, you are more than welcome to share as many as you like. Resume, it's like <laughs> yeah, there is absolutely no time there. Yeah, you know, they've normally gone for 20 minutes but if yeah. you end up talking for one hour that's fine wow because there has been a lot of lot of terrible shows well there there was i mean they're not the thing is about a terrible show right the only reason i i picked that particular show in christchurch is because the actual show itself it yeah, turned out it to be like bad yeah. and i really had lost my voice and that you know the guy just basically kicked me off but most of the time it's the it's the surrounding events yeah. And the gig itself is usually... You can kind of, like, break it up into, like, gigs where you actually just played poorly or where you've been playing a gig and poor things have happened. Yes. And not necessarily because you're playing bad, but because, you know, someone decided to throw a bottle at you from the crowd or things like that. Yeah. They're <laughs> all, God, they're all equally that, valid. Way, yeah. <laughs> you, you would never find a body. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there are, like, the time where I put in the wrong harmonica... You live didn't. On, I did. And then I oh. went to like launch into my solo live on ABC and just went like, ha! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how just... do you, what do you, you, you had the wrong harmonica. Okay, so harmonicas are in different keys, right? Oh, obviously, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. so if you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's if you That's just go true. to play the wrong note, you know. You're, yeah. you're in the band and you're playing a different song. Yeah. And you go to rip your solo and you're like, ooh, that's not the right thing to oh, play. No. That's what happened live on the radio. Did you pack the wrong one or did like the I sound I personally rest? packed the wrong, oh, put it in. Can't and even blame it on someone else. That's You can't when you're a solo <laughs> singer-songwriter, no, you know. Um, there's some, there's there, a lot of it just falls back on you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. And there was a lot of red faces in the studio. Did you like, just play through it? You have to because you're live. And you're looking at the presenter who's trying very hard not to let on that you've just crucified your interview. Um, 
they were very, very generous with their praise and almost overcompensating with the. You know, remember when we could touch each other? Yeah, they were like, yeah, they were. Very, they we took a picture in front of the sign, and I was like, <laughs> like tears rolling yeah, down your face, like, and mascara is yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, it was good. really true, actually. <laughs> so there's been things like that that make you go like, what? That is so amateur. But yeah. now you see in my harmonicas, and I do it on stage because I've got PTSD. There's like big letters on the door. <laughs> so you'll see just before I do a solo I like look down and I'm like oh yeah it's the right key <laughs> even if I've checked it five times like one time I had a harmonica that my niece had got a hold of and she'd been eating banana and the banana got wedged in the harmonica and I went to play the harmonica on stage and went <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty bad <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> but I'm going to say, like, the reigning supreme. Like, if we were going to say, like, the, the got caught smoking a joint by a police officer, that's pretty rock and roll. That's not yeah. bad. Like, that's probably me peeping, cool, actually. Guess, like, that was, actually yeah. That's probably the top of my game. I should have just walked away after that. <laughs> but um, the, the ultimate worst gig ever was my proper first show that I ever, ever, ever like, booked and I was going to get paid. And that was, like... <gasps> invite everyone you know and everyone shows up because it's at that time in your career where mm. you get that one gig wonder and people show up but after that you're on your own yeah naturally yeah, yeah it happens. and I was into wearing very short mini skirts and I same yeah <laughs> great <laughs> great I love mini skirts they don't love me as much anymore but I just recently broken up with my very first boyfriend how old were you at the when you played this game oh goodness I must have been 22. So yeah. this is my first, like, I'm going to be a musician. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go down to that sports bar and play a three-hour set. <laughs> that was that show. It's three hours of horses. Yes. But I was <laughs> also freshly loaded with all this heartbreak from oh. from having broken up with the recipe for success. It really was. I was made an entire career out of it. Yeah, so clever. Mm. I know, and that's what I say about being a, you know, I was like, I can't fall in love. Like, it could be the end of me. You know, I can't get too happy. One way or the other, yeah. Yeah, I've got to keep it somber. Um, people aren't going to take me for real as a folk singer if I'm like... Everything's going Everything's great. great. Look at the world. <laughs> I'm happy. We are killing it. <laughs> no, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's yeah. all a facade and it's fine. Yeah. So um I got up on the stage and freshly broken up with said boyfriend and mini skirt on and feeling fabulous. And a few days later I saw his sister and in that kind of moment I was just like, How are you going? And you know, that kind of awkward shuffle of, Oh gosh, I'm seeing someone from, from yeah. his life and now I've got to we've had dinner together and I've met your parents. This is really I don't oh, have the, hey. the maturity to deal with this just yet. Yeah. Um, and I said, yes, I'm a musician now. Um, and she said, yeah, I actually walked past the sports bar when you were playing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So I did like a three-hour set. She's like, yeah, you had your mini skirt tucked in your undies. And I was standing in front of the window, which is just a floor-to-ceiling window, and all the people walking past, <laughs> all they could see was just my mini skirt tucked in my undies. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came out, started wearing jeans, and I've had no problems. <laughs> you could have never had that conversation with her, and you would still be playing in miniskirts. I, I, you, this is true. The world uh, is really missing out yeah. on 14 foot of leg. Um, but, yeah, that's probably like the... 
number one spot of like, oh, I came in to be all confident (laughs) and egomaniac and I just got... But, I mean, you probably played all right, though. I don't think... This is your first gig, man. This is like when you're playing... You know, you've got a microphone held up to your guitar and you've banged it four times because you're not really quite sure how to hold yourself and you're sliding down off things. And, you know, there's a there's all these drum kits on stage yeah. and you're playing to pokey Throwing machines. Up, and crying, yeah. 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 But you think you're amazing. At the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, my legs looked great. My undies? That's all that matters, were really. clean, thank God. <laughs> that would have been so awkward. <laughs> If I'd put on those old dungers <laughs> that day, we all know the ones. <laughs> yeah. The shit catches. The sh- <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you could have a brand. <laughs> like, fuck off, Bonds. They cost a dollar a pair. They're not good. They're <laughs> not going to last long. But yeah. Well, something, you know. <laughs> if someone ducks you, you know, they're not going to see anything. Yeah. And that's all it If you've got your mini skirt tucked in your undies, that'll... <laughs> They'll keep it clean. It's wow. All good. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's uh, that has brought back a lot of trauma. I'm going to need to take a drink now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cathartic. You know, it this is. is almost, it's almost a uh, stories plus therapy. It I'm is. Relive some and you painful experiences. You can't like share these stories. That's why I was so fascinated about the topic because you can't. I'm a storyteller on stage, so you can kind of share these stories. But they, Not in they, song form. No, they, unless you're very clear. Like Steve Poltz did it in a song called Folk Singer, which is brilliant, um, about every terrible thing that's ever happened. You should That would be a great song to listen to for Worst Gig Ever because he just rattles off every terrible thing that's ever happened and it's hilariously good. <laughs> but I feel like that's been done and I can't rewrite a song like that. Um, no, unless you go like the other way and you're super duper vague and you're talking these grand metaphors and people are like, oh, this is really deep. But you're actually just talking about playing a bushfire gig to seven people. Oh, that, that was the most heartbreaking part of that particular show because you think all these people that have lost everything and we, we can't even help them and the seven people mm. are not even going to cover the cost of security that we've got on. Not for no. me, because clearly I'm <laughs> That sounded really the like... The crowds at your yeah, gigs are nuts. Are just, <laughs> the security fees are through the roof. Um, people want to abduct me. I don't know. Yeah, just, they want to they they spend time with me. This, you know? It's just been happening all my life. Yeah. Yeah, but you just... Oh, that gig was just sad on every level. And I think I played with a scowl on my face and I've never... I mean, I'm genuinely a chipper person, you know, but I, I think... the wrong genre. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Do you know what people often say when I come off stage, they're like, that is the funniest comedy show I've <laughs> ever been to. Your music's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to Maybe. create a persona. I think so. Well, a yeah. few people say like... Oh, Hannah Montana, Marley Cyrus kind of thing. I did. I tried that for a little bit, but I can't psychologically keep up with myself as one person. True. Um, so I just have to kind like of separate. Or something. Yeah, Orville Peck style. Like, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. That would be cool. I could do that. Because um, I confuse people, you know. I tell funny stories and then I dive into heartbreak and it's like oh oh you've got fe- I didn't my know emotions feelings. holy oh, shit God, there's so many oh. i was laughing and now i'm really hit over my bucket people are complicated yeah. man. just because <laughs> they're happy on the outside they yeah. got sad things inside what the hell well that's what i thought about comedy i was like i could go into comedy but i feel like you're already sad and <laughs> and and charging people to forget about it to forget about your sadness whereas folk <laughs> singing i was like 
I can be sad and not hide it. Yeah. But now I'm accidentally funny sometimes. <laughs> People get confused. Yeah. Hurtful. It could work. Either way, I think you've, you've got a career in either. Thank you. Do, you. do a hybrid. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm wallowing. Well, you know, in a post-COVID world, you know, I will just, I will clutch at anything <laughs> I can. I'll do any. An so, audience? Someone gives me money, I'll do yes. anything. No I'll worries. Anything. Rock music? Absolutely. I've been playing it my whole life. Yeah. I'm a, I'm yeah. a jazz fusion saxophonist. <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on, I can yeah, play. It's fine. Absolutely. Will there be people? Yes. <laughs> Will there yes. be money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I did play a show at the ESPY once in a metal competition as a folk singer. That's kind of cool. I didn't mean to. Did, oh, how I did just, that happen? Well, I just landed in Melbourne and someone said, you've got to play the ESPY. And I was like, what is this place, the ESPY? You know, and so it was like mm. the oracle. Like, if you play the ESPY, you are a musician. So I was like, right, play the ESPY. It was just like this drive. And of course, you don't get booked. Don't to read play. anything. Like, <laughs> just like, I'm yeah. playing. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually didn't. I just saw this opportunity. It's like competition, you know, um, so play did, the SB. Didn't say anywhere it was metal. I think now that I've got a little bit more understanding of marketing, maybe I would have read in the fonts used that perhaps it wasn't quite the genre that mm. was most suited for my style. But at that point, I'm from small town New Zealand, so I'm like, font schmont. <laughs> if it's saying I'm going to play the SB, I'm <laughs> signing up. And, Absolutely. <laughs> and I played amongst these incredible... Like, <laughs> How was the crowd? How did they receive you expecting some metal? Well, they were so... They were very generous because it was so clear how green I was in this incredibly thick Kiwi accent. And again, the <laughs> miniskirt was probably... Miniskirt was back at this point. Yeah. I'd made it a little bit longer. Medium skirt. By time. that point. Um, I'm trying to remember if I was or not. But yeah, I, I think the crowd were just like, what? <laughs> What's <laughs> going on? And you know, the same thing, the microphone comes out in front of my guitar and I'm like, Bonk. here's a song about my feelings. And um, they they gave me third place. That's, how many bands? There were, there, there, there were heats. There was like semis and finals and stuff, but that's, I was so random. That's kind of cool. It was like, I didn't realise it was cool at that time. I was still going, play the SP, play the SP. And I didn't, even, I had such I've blinkers on it. that I was like, I was like, there's so many middle bands. I was like, I wonder if there's any other kind. And I didn't know for a long time, like, oh, there was like folk and country. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just didn't know. I just came here so green. Of all the... Like kind of audiences you could have played to. I feel like metal are the most accepting. They were. That's just in my just opinion. But they're really just kind of chill and nice people. They'll they, jump around yeah. and like punch each other in the back of the heads in you know mosh pits. But they're actually really nice and accepting. They were just so surprised, and as I say, like just generous with the space. And mm. I jumped off stage and. People were complimentary, and and that's why I didn't realize as well that I was too. in. Yeah, like, well, yeah. Not like, oh, you folk, you get out. They're like, oh no. They just thought, wow, you've got chops, man, to like come into play the Gershwin Room at this metal competition (laughs) and just sit there and sing your little folk songs. She doesn't give a fuck. That's metal as That's metal as shit. (laughs) (laughs) That chick's more metal than all of you guys. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking posers. Yeah. Look at her in her miniskirt and her little white top. Like, was it like at least black? Were you wearing black? No, nah, man. Just like bright colours. This is how green I was. Sticking they were like, the do you have your own amp? And me, I was like, oh my God, I've got to get an amp. Like, I just 
had a guitar. Oh, really? Did you, right. did you have to bring your own amp? No, because I was not a metal player. So when they were saying play, bring your own amp, they're, they're saying bring your own amp for your big freaking yes. metal show. And I yes. was like, so I lugged this huge thing that my brother found on the side of the road at Hard Rubbish that is, yeah, it's probably worth no more than $49 retail like on the day it was made. And when I showed up and dragged like dragged this amp and like if you've ever been backstage it's just stairs and awkward and then I showed up and the sound guy was like you have to play through this amp and I was like they said bring an amp and they were like can does it have a can you plug it into a DI and I was like like, do you I have ask a lead? Same question to Nate every yeah. time he mentions anything musical. Now. I was like, "What does that mean? What is that? Is that expensive? I yeah. don't know." It's <laughs> like we can plug your guitar in and like, or hold a mic up. I was like, "So I don't need an amp." It's like, "Is this your sound?" I was like, "What do you mean, my sound?" <laughs> like, you know, you're asking a lot of questions. And I was like, "I just want to play my songs and play the SB and just <laughs> feel famous." And they were like, "Okay, <laughs> he's your <All> Scott." Right. <laughs> I'll. Organise something. I look back at it and I think those guys just must have been cracking up. Probably still talking at you to this day. Like, why did that chick bring a. Yeah. And a really bad from Hard Rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't even know what a DI was. was. Character. (laughs) It was so bad. But we did. I mean, I kept in touch with the organisers to some extent because they really. I mean, Melbourne is a community of absolute legends. Like, Mm. you know, you just. Your family, no matter where you are and what genre you play, and that was my first welcome into the Melbourne community, which was like, you don't quite fit here, yeah. but you fit. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll take Very you. welcoming. Yeah. So that was my... <laughs> that wasn't a bad gig. That, to me, was like maybe, again, one of my peaking moments. Kind of funny, my to be <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, my little set list, like, printed out on the microphone with, the, like, the word cues. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Look at you now. I know, right? <laughs> Playing to no one. Yeah. Been stagnant ever since. Yeah. I've just been waiting for my moment <laughs> to... Um, so I'm Executive's gonna walk past one yeah. day. They're gonna hear me and be like, yeah. "That's that that chick really knows Sign her metal." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's got potential. Unplugged metal. That's, that's yeah, the future of music. Badass right man. <laughs> yeah, real badass. No, I knew nothing when I showed up to this sweet village we call Melbourne about anything music. So I'm surprised I haven't got worse stories to tell about gigs, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I've got some terrible busking stories, but I don't know if that kind of, like, slides into the gig domain, you know, because busking is generally, a, like, it's a hard slog, mm. you know? Like, so... What's, what's your worst busking story? The saddest busking story. You're going to get sad again. Cool. Yeah. Folk singer, man. Like, that's, yeah, that's just true. my natural go-to. Like, you know better. <laughs> good to think of I've, I've got lots of heartwarming stories of busking. Um, Not interested in that. And <laughs> this does have a nice <laughs> ending to it, but... You know, the beautiful street folk you meet and the wonderful culture of being a street performer is just incredible. But this particular time, I had a license to be where I was busking. Um, and I've had people take money from the my case as I'm going past, and I'm just kind of like, that's... Isn't that what you're supposed to do? No, they, they're supposed to give it. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> they, people took it. <laughs> but I was just like, that's confident. You know, that's got, and you probably need it. You wouldn't take it. 
for fun. And if you did, yeah. then I mean, I just yeah, that's a good mindset. I was just kind of like, like instead of kicking him or like, no nah, yeah, man, him, like, like you clearly like have sat down and gone like, oh man, I really need two bucks, and mm. I'm gonna go and get it. So peace out to you, man. Live if the life you imagine. Not okay. Well, Anything that's else? where this sad story comes in, right? So this guy, I'm standing there in my license spot because it's Melbourne, right? So we've all got our bits yeah. where we're supposed to be, and this guy comes out and. Two doors out of this jewelry store, like, and then he goes through the one door, and then he comes out, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's going to give me four million dollars," um, and he was like, "Crispy suit, man." I was like, "You bought that this morning, you know?" And he opened his wallet, and it was just like stacked. And he said, "It was Christmas time, Christmas time," um, and he said, "Look." I will give you a donation if you move along. <laughs> and I was just kind of standing there kind of mid song because people are walking past and you're kind of like, smile for, smile for the people, like oh. you're doing your job. And, I'm, and in my head I'm like, I'm allowed to be here, I actually have a permit. And, and he said, yeah, I'm sure you are, but it's Christmas time and it's just not very welcoming for our kind of customers. And I'm like... Um, just a little bit frazzled right now because I've got my amp and my guitar oh, and, I'm, and I'm also allowed to be here. And I'm like, I'm he's like, but I will give you a donation. I'll so move I'm like, for $1,000. So I was just like, at that point, you know, to kind of open up and go down a little bit of a rabbit hole, I'm a woman, a queer woman in the music industry. I'm used to being shit on, like, mm. and I mean in really horrible ways and ways that make you feel like I should move. Like, and in that time and that my head, nah, I was them. like, Right now, I'd be like, motherfucker, yeah, please. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Go back inside your fucking glass door before I deal with you. <laughs> I That's will so violent. You like, suddenly with I'm, my guitar. I'm back into my rock and roll, <laughs> getting stoned in front of cops. But um, no, <laughs> I don't even know if I could actually Metal. get it in me to do that. But um, now, of course, I would assert my confidence in a way that was, that was probably, um, yeah, better for me than what I did do, which was I just kind of looked down and went like, red in the face and I was like okay I'll move and I kind of felt really intimidated by this guy that had you know just how much did he give you five dollars what so I moved right and he watched me he stood there with his arms folded and this beautiful I'm going to say um, look he appeared as if the streets were more of his home than maybe a base that he'd been at so this fella was was well-known on the streets, and he came up and helped me. And he took everything very meticulously and helped me move. And that kind of, like, gesture when you've got prick face over there, like, folding his... Didn't even help you move your stuff, you know. So anyway, beautiful street folk, come and help. Thank you. Um, Gave... Opened his wallet again, like, concertina, and, like went to like patronizing just Wait, like is this the same guy yeah and like pulled out his five dollars and put it in my hand and then took my hand and closed my hand over the five dollars and i was like this is you are literally like honestly mad about yeah this. <laughs> i was like man your mum must be stoked with you nah, she's not um, that guy sucks he really sucked yeah. but look to round like there is the happy ending the following day i was in Brunswick and I was busking on Smith Street already like the lights are going ah she's returned <laughs> like what were you doing Welcome in the CBD you weirdo um yes and it was like that and I was outside this very small jeweler shop and it sat out the front like proudly owned and operated for like 25 years and so you know and not so much as a padlock on the door you know that kind of vibe and so I'd mm. been playing there for hours out the front 
And this beautiful man came out from the jewelry shop and he put $10 in my case and he said, I have just had the best day and I just really love it if you kept playing until we closed the store. Fuck yeah. And then he came out and gave me more money before I left and then he went to the fruit shop next door and bought fruit. And this is a jeweler and I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) so just feel like a circle of life. (laughs) Fuck that first jeweler, man. Yeah, I can't believe. I'll pay you to leave. I'll make a donation. I'll, pa- I'll make a donation. I was like, honey, no, that's not a donation. That's a down payment on my breath going Give in and out of my body. Like, I want something green. No, I just, for me, I was like, oh, that kind of exposed a little bit of my, you know, that ego and greed as well, where you're kind of like, oh, someone in a suit's going to give me more money. But it mm. doesn't happen. And for buskers, you'll know, like... Suits. They're wearing a suit. They're a bastard. They're just not Sorry gen- to all my suit wearing <laughs> yeah. listeners out there. I don't mean that. You're probably okay. Well, I did busk once on the corner of Collins Street in the rain, and that's like where you would think like, oh, yeah, like I've worked on Collins Street. I've worn a suit. So I feel like, you know. I've <laughs> know a bit bad, about but suits. I would on purpose go around to all the buskers in my this is a $6 Kmart suit from the op shop by the way so let's, wrong with that. let's not take it too I buy far. my best clothes from Savers it's totally not, it's not rag <laughs> and on they op came shops. from somewhere kind of not so good before but <laughs> um, yeah so I busked in the rain um, and I was desperate for a loaf of bread and this was yeah this is probably one of the low moments like mm. my knee was busted I'd had surgery I was on crutches and getting to the high water mark and of the I, episode yeah I couldn't even make enough for a loaf of bread on the corner of Collins in the rain mm. it was that sad like people almost felt like the shame was so bad that they couldn't even <laughs> go <laughs> like yeah oh, but no. that's busking that's a whole yeah. different whole different kettle of fish is it I don't know if you ever tried this, like busking. Like if you've got your thing open and like it's completely empty. Yeah. Do you feel like people are less likely to put money in there if they see that it's empty as opposed to like you've got some like little notes and like other coins scattered around? It's such an interesting psychological situation. People and are like, oh that's, oh, that's actually pretty good. But if they see yeah. you're playing, even if you're playing the same song and there's no money, you're like, oh, maybe this, maybe I've got bad taste. Maybe she's not good. It's true. And there is a, like, this music industry guy said one day, um, you can't tell people that you're good. Other people have to tell people that you're good. Yeah. And that's the mentality behind money in the case. Mm. Other people have validated it, so you kind of feel like, oh, I can do it now. Yeah. There's definitely those people, yeah, fresh off the, that'll put your money in. But as a busker as well, and I don't know, man, I didn't have... Hard to do that if you can't afford a loaf of bread, though. I I couldn't have coins to put in to start (laughs) with, so awkward. I shouldn't laugh at that, it's horrible. Um, (laughs) That's just how it is. That's Um, show business. But yeah, definitely on a thriving day where your case is starting to look really golden and, you know, the sun's shining and people just look at the case and they look at you yeah. and it all looks fabulous. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. So out comes, you know, the big bucks and people buy your CDs and stuff like that. Which, oh, yeah. Yeah. It always made me feel a little bit awkward, like, I want you to like me with my case empty. <laughs> Maybe that's my next album. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. Why don't you love me when me. my case is empty? <laughs> why do you have to, why do you only love me when my case is full? If you weren't at me, if you weren't yeah. with me when my case was full, you don't deserve me when my case was empty. Yeah. Like, no, it's true. Like there's, there's some validation in there. Um, there's some blues here. There's yeah. There's some folk here. This can work. Well, that's why you take to the streets as well to, to learn your craft, but also to get that degree of human psychology of basically you're a professional people watcher and every now and mm. then someone knows. This is you. 
Um, so you do, you, you know, you really get to learn a lot about the human psyche and people who walk like a rainbow around you. <laughs> like, oh, oh, God, I don't want to catch the busking. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, there's there's a lot to be learned and a lot of humility. And um, certainly in the cases like the jeweller and the very sweet fella who didn't look like he had, you know, two coins to rub together, just immediately leapt up, mm. saw what was going on. And he was really nice. That beautiful. I, I actually can't remember his name. Um, Bill. But, no, because he didn't even stay Dave. for for me to let I was I before I could even turn around to offer him I would have just given him the five dollars mm. like he was gone you know yeah. like it was just like he literally was just saw what was going on and I think the only thing he said to me was like that guy's a dick yeah <laughs> you know and I was like wow I agree one hundred yeah and then he just fuck that guy yeah just left so mm. um, it's moments like that on the street where you're just like oh human kindness mm. like it's here and it's alive <laughs> yeah don't go it's busking real. at the Melbourne races or anything like that oh no <laughs> like no hell no, <laughs> no. yeah uh, I'm gonna do something new here uh, what advice would you give to new musicians that have just played the worst gig of their life huh <laughs> Your worst gig is yet to come. <laughs> it can get worse. Yeah, it can get worse. <laughs> take it, take it on the gym. Do not hit rock bottom. Yet. Yeah, Don't even rock worry. bottom's on the way, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. They are very folksy of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, man. No, you I, know. I love that bit of advice. Don't even add to it. That's good. Yeah. I'd stop it at that. That's fantastic. <laughs> good. Oh, that brutalism. That's great. That is really. <laughs> Damn, girl. <laughs> All right. So you've told some stories of some horrible gigs. So in this show, you get a shot at redemption. Great. What song, <laughs> what song are you going to be playing? I've got a song about life on the road and being an artist that um, is going to be on my next record. It's called Queenie. Queenie. So I'm going to play you that one. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on. And coming up next is Queenie. Thank you. I look forward to coming back for my next appearance when I've had the next shittiest gig oh, of my yeah. life. I want you to spend the next year doing drugs and drinking way too much and just being oh. a general mess of a person. And then so I'd have to ease really... up a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it might actually make you withdraw a little bit. And yeah, then you're I know. I have to worse. come down, man. <laughs> Didn't you hear my Hell first yeah. gig story? Oh, yeah. I'm smoking dudes in front of police officers. <laughs> I'm graduated. I wonder if it can get worse for you. <laughs> no. I really wonder. Got no money in the bank This guitar slung on my back This hat I have worn a while I came here alone That's the way I'll go I won't be long back out your door I can light a fire, roll out a sweat Climb a mountain top and drink water there I'm a queen of the road, I need earth, I need air Places I've survived 
strumming my way through town And what I don't sing It's too Mostly that weighs me down I can light a fire Roll out a swing Climb a mountain top And drink water there I'm a queen of the road I need earth, I need air Climb a mountain top and drink water there. I'm a queen of the road. I need earth. I need air. I've got no plan ahead, and I change direction. Guess I stared too long at the stars mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah! Just as the boy races, that's really yeah. ripping donuts <laughs> yeah. Cool And that's it, thanks for listening Coming up next week is Nathan Power, a folk singer that has toured all over Australia. If you enjoyed this, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or whichever podcast platform you're listening from. The theme song for The Worst Gig of My Life is produced by Nathan Laurent. The interview and live performance was recorded and mixed by Nathan Laurent. See you next week.